Hello and thank you for tuning in to Code B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Regina Washington. Today's guest we have with us is Mark Green of Celebrity Talent Agency. I just want to give you guys a little bio on Mark Green. Mark Green is an entertainment entrepreneur with decades of experience. He has worn many hats and touched the careers of many artists on his journey in the entertainment business. How are you today, Mark Green? I'm great, thank you for asking. (laughs) I'm just like elated to have you here with us today to talk and to give some inspiration to so many people out here who are going into the music industry. Mark, you are an inspiring entrepreneur who has paved the way for so many artists. Can you tell us about your journey? Oh, my goodness. Well, yes. Um, well, I guess I have to start from the beginning. You know, I always had a love for music as a young person growing up, and I was able to take some lessons, drums and piano. Uh, by the time I got to eighth grade, I kind of started mapping out my journey to what I wanted to do in life. I started just researching about the industry and music. And um, during that course, I uh, started a band with a friend of mine who I met in in grade school. And when I met him, I went to his house and his his father and his mother had these gold albums on the wall. And I was like, wow, what is that? And he was telling me that those were albums that his uncle had produced and it was the Jackson 5. Wow. ABC, I want you back and Johnson Love You Face. What? Really? He's <laughs> like, yeah, my uncle wrote and produced these songs for the group. Um, so that was kind of my first taste of this business and going forward, we, you know, we formed our little band. We had all through, I guess up until I was about 10th grade in high school from 8th to 10th grade and we performed throughout the city and and, uh, you know, we kind of began our journey. We wanted to be the next Jackson 5. And with his uncle being a top producer at Motown, who later moved on to Capitol Records, we had the inside scoop. Okay. So that's kind of how my journey began. Wow. Can you share one of your most memorable stories when you were getting started? Yeah, well, you know, the, the funny thing is, and a lot of people don't know this, I guess during the time that, you know, we had bands in the late 70s and mid-70s, the bands started fizzling out, you know, disco started coming in. And during that time, my band, we had disbanded, and I ended up keeping equipment and decided, you know what, I'm going to start DJing. (laughs) And I took my equipment, I started DJing around town and doing like football parties and high school proms and all these different events. And then one day I got approached by this promoter who asked me to battle some other DJs in the Bronx. What? So this was like May 1977. Uh-huh. I went to battle two other groups. So I, we were in a gymnasium. I went on first. I started DJing. I had maybe about 50 to 75 people gathered around me. Wow. And then the next crew started and they had some guys on a mic. And I couldn't hear what was going on, but everybody was over there, and I was eager to go see what was happening. By now, I had probably about 10 people, maybe 15, standing around watching me DJ, but I decided to pack up my equipment and go see what's going on there. And that was a, So you vacated yes, there to that, do... 
Well, that was the first time I experienced rap. These guys were rapping on the mic, and I had never heard anything like that before. So wow. halfway who, through this, who was session, it? Who was it? I don't. I don't remember who it was because you had realized back in the day, you know, rap was just something we did. It was. It wasn't like it is now. It was just like. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of, as I would thought it was going to be a passing fad. So prior mm-hmm. to that, the next group went on. They had four people rapping. So immediately that next day, I went home and wrote my rap. And before you know it, I was ghetto famous in the neighborhood. Everybody was coming up to me, wanted to hear me, as they used to say, sing that song. Wow. I went on TV, mm-hmm. a show called Soul Alive which featured high school students. I was a guest DJ on there where they had me rapping. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, during this time, a high school friend of mine who I grew up with, his name was Guy O'Brien. He used to follow me around. And later on, he took what he learned from me to become Master G of the Sugar Hill Gang. What? <laughs> yeah, so he, it's funny now, you know, he tells the story in his interviews, and I'm so happy that he going to tell a story because no one would believe me. No way. Yeah, so he tells the story and he says, you know, he was influenced by me. Wow. Mark, can you run down a list of celebrities that you've worked with um, and what capacity? Oh my goodness. Well, I'd say I probably road managed about 30 different artists. Okay. I became managers to several different artists. Um, Grandmaster Flash for like 15 years, and Guru before he died, and Dave Hollister, and, and go on and on. And then I was an agent to a lot of these artists. And then I worked in a record label where, again, I worked with a lot of the artists. Wow. I mean, you know, I've worked with everybody from actors to DJs to R&B artists. Wow, wow, wow. That's, oh my God. I'm just like, Listening to everything, and I feel a little starstruck. <laughs> I feel a little starstruck. Well, that's how I felt too. My first artist that I worked with, major artist, was Eddie Murphy, and I was on his tour right after the Beverly Hills Cop movie hit, which was his second tour. The first one was Delirious. Mm-hmm. The second one was called Lord How Murphy, which later turned into the Roar Tour. Wow. R A W Tour, and I was. During that whole time, I, too, was starstruck, too, being there with this major actor, and he was just kind of huge, and that was my first major tour. Wow. What was your experience like with working with him? Well, you know, we were all young, so, you know, it was a party every night. we do the show, we had parties, mm-hmm. and we just all hung out. It was the first time I got a chance to really travel to multiple states. And later on, out of my whole career, I think I've been to 46 states in 17 countries. Whoa. What is one of the craziest stories that you would like to share with us um, in the music industry? Well, let me see if I can make this one real short <laughs> with Aretha Franklin. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, you know, Aretha Franklin, she's from old school. She doesn't take checks, or she takes cash. So wow. during this time, we had a show at, at the theater I was um, the GM at. Mm-hmm. And I had spoken with the chairman about getting money to her. And basically, she says, no, I'm not taking a check. You have guys have to give me cash. 
So the chairman arranged for me and the accountant to go to the bank to get $50,000. That was balance. Wow. So we go to the bank and they have the money. They say, well, you guys can go in this room and count the money. Mm-hmm. So I look at the accountant and she looks at me and I'm like, all right, the bank, I don't, do we need to really count it? She's like, no, let's go. So we get the money. Mm-hmm. We put the money in the safe, her and I. Mm-hmm. We both had keys to the safe. So now the time of the show, right before the show, I have to go pay everything. Mm-hmm. So the, me and the account, we go down, we put our keys in the safe, we unlock the safe, she gives me the 50000 She goes back to her office, and I walk backstage to give Aretha the money. Mm-hmm. Well, while I'm sitting in there, Aretha's counting the money, and Aretha liked her room hot. <laughs> so I had the heater on, all the lights. So she's sitting there trying to count $50,000, like $1 at what? a time. I'm sitting there sweating my brains off right now. You, you can start to see the water uh, accumulating around my arms and my shirt. I had a suit on. So she counts the money. She, she looks at me. She said, uh-uh. I said, what do you mean? She said, uh-uh. It's not, it's not, this, this money's not right. What? First thing comes to my mind is, oh, my God. They're going to think I stole the money. Uh-huh. I, you know, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I'm thinking I'm the only one to walk backstage with this $50,000. But he's just telling me he's not 50 there. Uh-huh. We didn't count it at the bank. So I'm going to be the one to take the money. So I said, no. So she counts it again. By now, between my nervousness, the heat, and my suit, my <laughs> shirt is totally soaking wet. The oh sweat is coming through my suit now. I take off my jacket. She's even hot. She says, Martine, turn the heat off. And she's standing herself. She counts the money again, and she says, nope. I'm sorry. It's not there. And I said, okay, let me count. So what I did was I count the money, and I put them in stacks. Uh-huh. $1,000, $2,000, you know, up uh-huh. to $50,000. I had to put it and just lined it up. Uh-huh. And she watched me. Finally, she, she recounted what I counted. It was all there. But by now, I had sweated so much, I had to go home and change my suit and shirt and take another shower. Oh, my At goodness. At the end of the night, as she was playing the piano, she had that 50000 sitting right there on top of the piano in her pocketbook. Are you yeah. serious? Oh. Yes. <laughs> you know, Arisa, she would always put that pocketbook on the piano, never on yeah. the floor. It would always sit wow. on the piano. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a story. That is definitely a story for real. Oh my goodness. All I can think about is thinking, I took the money. It's not here. Mark the money. You guys yes. went to the bank, but you know. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was my story. <laughs> How has the music industry changed from when you got started? And what changes have you made to stay on top? Oh my goodness! So, as you may realize, I started in the in the eighties. Yeah, which we're looking at almost forty years now. Wow! The music business has changed dramatically to the point where I cannot even keep up with it. I, I, I have to say, yes, it has. Um, you know, when I when I was coming up, it, it was totally different. You were able to go to the radio station and promote your records. You had um, one stop where independent people would put records into one stop. You had records, you had CDs. Mm-hmm. Now, since the time has changed, everything is internet. There's no records, no tapes, no cassettes. Yeah. The way that we promote it and market records are totally different than the way they do it now. 
the artists now have so many different avenues to make money. Most of the young artists now become a millionaires overnight because you have these different outlets. You have Pandora, you have Spotify, you have YouTube, you have Apple Music. Uh, there's so many different outlets where you can make a living off the song. Yeah, that's but true. But when I came up, all you had was radio, jukeboxes, and TV. So it's changed drastically. Everything is internet-based. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of creativity has changed to the point where it's a duplication of what's out there now. There's not a lot of creativity in the music and in the artistry that I see. You know, we came up, we were able to distinguish between who this person is and who that person is. Mm-hmm. The music was mm-hmm. totally different. Everybody had an opportunity to be somebody different. But now when I listen to hip-hop, the music sounds the same, the artists sound the same, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's just totally different. Wow, wow. There's a connection that Mark Green has with Will Smith. We'll talk about that when we come back right after this commercial. want to see an ad in a magazine showcasing your brand getting customers from around the world the pride in seeing a creation that's original and made just for you code b magazines got you covered for more information email us at info at codeblackmag.com Okay, and we're back with Mark Green. Now, I'm so super excited talking to you. I let the audience know that you had an opportunity to meet up with Will Smith at his book signing in Brooklyn. So I remember you telling me the story about when you were there and they were doing a promotional. I thought it was for King Richard, but it was for his book signing. So when you reunited with him... Let me know, how did that go? I, I want to know um, if you can let our audience know how that, what was that like? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I have been looking for Will for 20 years because a lot of people may not know. I signed Will as an agent back in 1986. Um, and I, I had came across his name. I was on a rap tour called The Fresh Fest back in the 80s, late 80s, 85. Hmm. And I met a lot of people. So I remember when I became an agent, somebody called me up to tell me about some rappers that were down in Philly. And as you know, in the early 80s, every, all the rappers were from New York. Yeah. So I went down to meet with this guy, and which was the manager and the artist, Will Smith, Jazzy Jeff, and the Fresh Prince. So I immediately loved the song. I took the song. I came back to New York, put it on the radio, and I signed Will. After that, you know, the song took off. It became a big Girls in Nothing But Trouble. It became a big hit. Booked them on different tours. And later on, I left the industry as an agent, went back into the record industry. And I had never really seen Will maybe once after he became big in the 80s. Yes. So uh, during the course of time, I had seen Jazzy Jeff here and there, maybe last time, maybe about 10 
maybe about 20 years or so. So I hadn't seen either one of them in 35 years. So I decided, you know what, he's coming to Brooklyn. I said, I want to go see him, and hopefully I can get that stage. So during this time, I started calling everybody I knew that knew Will, manager, emailing them, asking them, and then nobody responded. So I said, okay, I got my tickets. Let me go. When I got to the show, I saw some people with mammoths, and I said, what's going on? I said, oh, this is for Will Smith. He's having a meet and greet before the show. So I ran backstage, and I stood outside like a groupie, waiting for Will to come. So during this time, I, get, I saw the car pull up, and Charlie Mack gets out the car. Now, I had never met Charlie Mack. I yelled out his name, and he turned around. So he came over to me. I explained to him who I was, and I said, listen, Charlie, I've been carrying this business card that Will gave me for 35 years, and I also have his first contract in London. When Charlie saw it, he said, oh, my goodness. He says, can I have this? I want to give it to Will. I said, sure. I said, but listen, can you bring me backstage? He says, you're not on the list? I said, no. He says, well, I can't get you backstage. I was like, why? You're Charlie Mack. He says, because of COVID, you had to submit your information in two weeks before. And I knew that all that was true. So I said, okay, fine. I went into the show and I was angry. I was mad. I wasn't even paying attention because I was like, this guy took my contract. I didn't even get a chance to see Will. So while I'm sitting there texting on my phone, somehow out of nowhere, Charlie Mack finds me in the audience. And he comes up to me. He says, hey, listen, man, I gave that stuff to Will. Will and Jeff want to see you right away after the show. Meet me on the side. And I was like, oh, wow. Wow. So I go on the side, and of course they don't have a laminate. The police are trying to make me leave. Everybody's saying, you got to go, you got to go. I'm like, no, Will wants to see me. He's like, no, you got to go. No sooner than that, Charlie comes out. He says, hey, see that guy over there? Let him look here. So I go backstage, and Charlie walks me past everybody that was waiting to see Will. He walks me in the room like I was the president. He said, Will, Mark Green is here. Mark Green is here. And I get backstage, and Will is talking to a girl who was on one of the shows that he was on, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And uh, he, he you know, gave me a wink like he acknowledged I was there. Just give him a second. But in the meantime, Jeff is, I'm talking to Jeff, and he's like, man, you look great. How you been? I'm just serious. We're talking, talking, talking. And then finally, when Will comes out, and I show him the letters and the cards, he could not believe it. He just kept saying, oh, my goodness, look at this, look at this. And he was, he was so excited. He took pictures, and he just kept saying, wow. He just kept staring at his business card and his letter. And it was such a great moment. The only problem for me, I didn't get their phone numbers, email addresses, or nothing. I was just so excited just to be there to see him. We talked briefly. We took some pictures. And uh, that was my, my reunion. And, you know, I'm happy that he asked me for the letters and his contract. And I ended up emailing it to Charlie to send to him so that he could have it as his own artifact for his career. When I looked at it, Will graduated in June of 86. And the first show I gave him was in August of 86 in New York at the Latin Theater. Yep. 
What a blessing for that. I'm telling you, um, you definitely got to get back in touch with him. And I know he will meet with you and sit down and reminisce. Um, this is some of the things that I know that he needs right now because this is his beginning from back then and then now. And him just looking at that, it just seemed like it was just something that just paved the way for you to go in and just let that happen. Because right then you thought that you wasn't going to get a chance to meet him even. And you did. Right. Wow, that's amazing. I know with all the things that's going on with Will Smith and the whole slap incident with Chris Rock, I mean, what is it that your opinion about that whole thing? I mean, I know myself of my um, opportunity that I got a chance to get around to meeting uh, Will Smith, and I know that he's a comedian. He's a really nice, cool guy. I remember a concert that we went to here in Chicago and somebody was being disruptive. And so I guess to kind of tone it down, he just uh, made a joke. He said, your mama's so fat. And she walked like this. He started walking around in circles. And everybody just started laughing, you know. And so <laughs> that's the kind of person that he is. And so it just, he went right into parents don't understand. And, you know, it just kind of just took off from that and just like made everybody get hyped. And so he's a natural with that. What is your opinion of this whole incident thing with him? Uh, I really, I really don't have an opinion. You know, I just think it's an unfortunate situation. Um, not sure where his mindset was when he did it, but you know, listen, I, all I can say is like, uh, in the words of the Bible, that he without sin cast the first stone. You know, so I, you know, I just hope that things will work out and to his benefit at the end. Yes, I, I know me. I, I feel for both of them. And I think that when this is all over and kind of ease into things, I think that they both will probably get together and have that talk where everybody could listen to and, and see how they could, you know, how they've moved on. Yeah. That, that's something that I foresee yeah. um, in the near yeah. future. Um, when we return, we will hear what Mark Green has to share with us uh, as far as inspiring our future artists. We'll be right back right after this. Code Black Magazine, the lens of Chicago's authentic representation of art and lifestyle. Check out our website at codeblackmag.com. Be sure to see our latest weekly articles, our unique fashion in our online store, and our latest print and e-magazine, as well as our podcast. So be sure again to check us out at codeblackmag.com. Thank you for tuning in. We've had this great conversation with Mark Green, um, Celebrity Talent Agency, and this is just so cool right now. I'm just like, uh, I can't even be still in my seat. <laughs> I'm trying to maintain myself, and um, I'm just like super happy. You're just so down to earth. I want to know, because we're all about empowerment. We're all about encouraging and giving inspiration, inspiring information to our audience. What advice can you give to anyone who is seeking to go into the music industry or uh, the music entertainment oh. business, <laughs> as I would say? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it may sound a little cliche, but follow your dreams. Don't let anybody 
spur you to doing what you want to do. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of times we get frustrated. We get, uh, we don't know where to turn to or who to go to. Just keep speaking your dreams. Keep researching. Keep working on your craft. Yes. Look, read, study what's out here. Know where you want to be. Know your directions. You know, discover who you want to be, how you want to go about doing it, and just do it. Don't let nobody tell you it can't be done. It can. Just get out here and do it. Absolutely. And you have so many people that don't know who to go to. They don't know what to do or anything. And I always say, try to know how to get in touch with the right people. And and what, what would you say for somebody like that, not even knowing where to go, who to get in touch with? Well, it's a little easier now in this day and time because coming up again, you had to know somebody. You didn't have the internet where you can just Google somebody's name and get the social media. You could get the management name, the, the agent's name. Back when I was coming up, that stuff was not available. You had to have contact. So, I mean, right now there's so many different ways to break in this industry. Um, as you can see, you have so many artists that have became major artists just on the internet alone. They you know, were able to create their own albums, their own music, and mm-hmm. some of them don't even need the record labels to become successful. Mm-hmm. So my advice is just continue to seek information, you know, read, follow the trades, follow the magazines, follow what's online, follow social media, because all of this right now is a part of how you become an artist, you know. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different, different than when I came up again, when I talked to some of the A&R guys, they don't even question about the music. They want to know how many followers you have, how many, you know, downloads or whatever. And it's, it's totally a different look these days. So, again, study your craft, study the information that you have, build your sources through social media, through your followers. And, and that's my advice. Yes. What's a red flag that somebody, just like one or two red flags that uh, somebody should know not to go with when they're so eager to get into the music business, sometimes they make a mistake. Um, What would be that red flag for them to do? The first red flag is never sign anything without legal representation. Yes. Make sure that you know when somebody presents something to you that you know what you're signing. Don't sign any documentation unless you research the person, research the company. I mean, like, again, now with the Internet, you can just click on and you can find out anything you want to know about anybody. Again, when I was coming up, it wasn't like that. Yes. You yes. talked to one or two people and you took words from whoever you felt comfortable with. But now you have all the outlook you find and seek information. So my my word of advice is just in and you get to that point, if someone is asking you to sign something, seek representation. That is really good advice to give to someone. What's in the near future of Celebrity Talent Agency, and what should we look out for? Well, for me, I mean, my company's coming up to 24 years. I've been in business. I'm on the downside of the business here. I'm not really looking for the new millennium artists. I'm, I'm sticking to what I know. What I have begun to move more into is working with more actors, working, doing more TV shows. I had the opportunity negotiating the Netflix deal for Grandmaster Flash, 
a movie called The Get Down. Yes. I uh, negotiated a deal for Dr. Tissy Houston, Whitney Houston's mother, for a couple movies that she was in. God's Not Then Too. We did a recording mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Elvis Presley music that a lot of people don't know, but Tissy Houston was one of the background singers for Elvis. Yeah. And um, wow. we had an opportunity to remake a song with Elvis' voice and have her do the background for her and Darling Love. So I, I, for me, I like moving into a lot of the movie stuff. I put Moni Love on recently on the show called A Marriage Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. And I've placed a lot of other celebrities in different shows. So I'm moving more into television, into more of those type of deals, and just kind of continuing on with the artists that I have. Yeah, I see Sugar Hill Gang um, with Capitol Records got something coming out too. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So listening to this, that's still exciting. And going into now with reality television and all of these things is something that a lot of people are not starting to take a hold of. And, and this is really good because you're still standing in with being connected into this industry. How can you send out a message for everybody as inspiring artists if they wanted to get into contact with you at your office? Yeah, I, I can I can leave you my email address here and they can email me. It's making gator M A K I N G A T O R at MSN dot com. That's some good news for those people out here who are seeking to go into the entertainment business and I really just want to say that this was just a great conversation and talking to you is just so easy because it's like I've known you forever. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's really inspiring. It's really inspiring. Um, Just your whole, just a comfort zone that I have that feeling. And so I can only imagine everybody else who comes in connections with you feel the same. So I just want to thank you so much for coming and um, having this interview with Code B Magazine podcast. And I look forward to doing more things with you in the future. Well, thank you, Regina and Code B Magazine. It's been a pleasure and you've been great to talk with. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you so much. And thank you, audience, for tuning in to Code B Magazine. <laughs>